Hello, everyone. My name is Jim Shen, one of the elders at CCC. Welcome to all of you, especially to the newcomers. Some of you know my wife Joanne and I actively involved in family life, a marriage ministry. Five years ago, Joanne and I attended the Family Life Conference as a student. Since then, we've become speakers and volunteers. So every year, we will give talk for a few times and also organize the event. We also led uh, three home builders group at our house. Joanne act also actively uh, led a book club for local parents about the parenting. So it is fair to say that we have much more head knowledge about marriage than most of you, except uh, Jim and Judy. They are the leaders of a family life and have devoted several decades to this ministry. Three months ago, in the middle of June, um, that's a one week before the conference at the Haidian Church. I asked Joanne, should we start the preparation for the talk? I'm not going. I'm not going to talk this time, Joanne answered. I was shocked. I realized the issue at that time with our marriage was serious. You know, a couple as a speaker talk side by side and sharing their life experience in front of the audience at the Family Life uh, Conference is very well received um, by the, all the audience. Actually, it is uh, one of the highlights for the program. So on June 28, I went to Haitian Church gave a talk about five love language by myself. At that time, actually, I had a huge question about the marriage. Why marriage is so hard for us? If a Christian couple like Joy and I, and even a marriage conference speakers cannot have a satisfied marriage, who else can? What is the fundamental issue for our marriage difficulty? Why God asks us to enter marriage relationships, even though most of, the, most of them will fail at the end? So those are the questions I had while I'm speaking about five love language in front of the audience. Since June, Joanne and I started another learning process in our marriage. I completed a book, The Meaning of Marriage, by Tim Keller. So today, we're going to share some of the learning from the last three months. So first of all, what is the root cause for our marriage difficulties? Let's go to Bible to find the reason. Genesis chapter 6, Verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 6. After serpent lied to Eva, uh, it says, when the woman saw that 
the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took it, some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. It is very interesting that the first thing our mankind committed was in fact done by a couple together. Therefore, it was also the first marriage problem right, in our history. However, the woman who is taking the, leader, the leading role here in acting with the serpent and eating the fruit first. On the contrary, the husband was taking a back seat. I believe we have found why many of today's women are not happy of taking a helper's role in marriage and why many of the men fail to take the leadership. Not only Adam failed to play a leader's role in this very critical moment, but also I believe he was selfish in letting his wife to eat the fruit first. He might be thinking, if she ate it and it didn't die, now it's safe for me to eat. <clears throat> so immediately after Adam and Eve were committed to the sin, the, fel the feeling of you know, shameful, guilty, and afraid comes. The worst is that they separate from God. That's why God is calling, where are you? Then we will see the first conflict in humans' marriage. When God held Adam and Eve accountable, both attempt to blame others. The next slide. Yes. Uh, so in Genesis 3, 11 to 13, it says, Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The, woman said, uh, the, the man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said it to the woman, What it is you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate it. So it is very clear, Adam blamed Eve, and also he complained to the God, because God in the first place gave the wife to Adam, and Eve blamed serpent. In the same way, in today's marriage, we always blame each other in the conference. So what is the consequences of this thing to the marriage? God says in Genesis 3.16, you deserve, meaning uh, the woman, you deserve, uh, you desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. So now we know why, so for so many years, the fundamental struggle in husband and wife relationship is wife need to obtain the emotional satisfaction from their husbands, and husbands will dominate the wives without kindness and respect. Oftentimes, this domination will lead to men's abuse um, 
on women. So after understanding this root cost for the marriage problem, I have some relief. I know where the problem comes from, and also I know where is the hope. Last week, Joanne and I went to Yizhuang Church, uh, gave a talk uh, to the Family Life Conference there. This time, actually, both of us uh, on stage, side by side, uh, talk uh, for a few sections. Um, our students also uh, relieved after hearing our testimony, uh, after we share uh, the root cost for our marriage difficulty. They said, wow, the speakers even have the same issues. <clears throat> um, then what is the purpose of marriage in God's design? Next slide. Let's uh, go to Genesis uh, chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Why God says in our image, not in my image? Is that because some angels were at the site when God created us? No. From the other passages in Bible, it is very clear Jesus and Holy Spirit is with God in that creation. So in our image, not only mean that in the image and the likeness of God's righteous, righteousness, grace, forgiveness, etc., but also in the image of God's oneness. God's oneness is the oneness of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Also, oneness is about the unity of Jesus and uh, the church. We may feel it's hard to get connect between our terrible ma uh, marriage and the oneness of God. Right. A um, few years ago, I think in 2006, our family had a 10 days RV trip in Canada. We drove to Banff. How many people visited Banff? Okay, quite a few, right? Almost every day we see blue sky, clouds, beautiful mountains, and glaciers. We saw they are reflected perfectly on a quiet lake. However, when a wind blows over the lake, or sometimes someone threw a rock into the lake, we notice that this perfectly mirrored marriage, uh, image was distorted. Clearly, this one who throws the rocks into our, mar uh, our marriage is the devil. Jesus restored our marriage by dying on the cross. So we as the lake can be as crystal as those lakes in Banff. So we have hope. Once we abiding in Jesus, our marriage can and will show God's oneness. So before Jesus going up to the cross, he prayed to the Father for us. Let's take a look at, uh, yeah, John chapter 17, verse 11. 
Jesus prayed in this way, I will remain in the world no longer, but they will still, uh, they are still in the world, and I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. Jesus loves church and loves us not because we are perfect. To the contrary, Jesus' own brothers even didn't believe him in the beginning. Uh, Jesus, most of his disciples disappeared at the moment Jesus died on the cross. Israelites mocked on Jesus, and the Roman soldiers tortured Jesus. So in the marriage, we love our spouse, not because they're lovable. Our hope is that we will do our best to reflect God's oneness and the oneness of Jesus and the church by relying on God's blessing and our lifelong commitment to the marriage. Therefore, the first purpose of our marriage is to mirror God's oneness. Let's look at the second purpose of a marriage. Um, let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 27. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up to her to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the world, through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. So in this passage, Paul asked us to make our spouse holy as the ultimate love. <clears throat> just as Jesus made his church holy. Joanne became a Christian in 2000, and then two of our kids grew up in Sunday school. At that time, I had an opened heart. Every time I noticed there is a group studying Bible in our house, I will hide in my room, try to avoid any interaction with this group. But slowly, I start see God's work on Joanne. I noticed some impossible change happened to her. One day in 2004, I followed Joanne to go to a clubhouse of a River Garden. That's the first place of this church, CCC. <clears throat> so in 2007, I was baptized. Since then, Joanne and I had a lot of a fellowship together. For example, every evening we have walk after dinner. The most of the topic we have is about church, about our faith, about how to listen to God to handle some of the issues in our family. So Joanne helped me become closer to God in our marriage. That is what I mean, the second purpose, to sanctify each other in our marriage. Now I would like to invite Joanne to the stage and uh, share his learning in the last three months.
I agree to come and share my story because he said it's, a, it's about marriage. <laughs> so I had to come. Um, so my, um, I, I want to, James shared how actually this, uh, God used the marriage to help him uh, to be uh, more holy. And actually in this, at the same time, God did the same thing uh, for me. Um, just share something about um, what he mentioned in June. So um, James and I, uh, we have been married for 23 years. And I think like most of the couples sitting here today, uh, we, um, we were strongly attracted by each other's differences. And uh, even, even admire such qualities um, when we were dating. But after uh, getting married, we realized that uh, living with our differences was um, not as enjoyable. <laughs> um, so we, we had to make changes in order to live in peace, in harmony. Um, but the process is very painful and long. After two decades of sharpening and uh, molding each other, um, we, we um, made many changes and we had resolved uh, many of our differences. Um, uh, but there's one issue. It seems impossible to resolve. Um, and it has been um, the, the main root of um, our conflicts. Um, the, the struggle is um, I want to be very close to him. And um, very close, very close, always. He, he prefers to be alone. And uh, whenever I need lots of attention from him, when I don't receive these attentions, I, I will uh, feel abandoned and become uh, very um, sad and hopeless. And these emotions will lead um, to um, that I will have doubts in my marriage because of these emotions. It will lead me to have doubts. Um, a few years ago, we became family life um, speakers. Um, every time before the conference, um, this problem will, this problem unfolds. And then I will feel inadequate to lecture. Um, by praying, I would overcome this unresolved issue in my marriage in the end, always give the lecture. But this May, um, something different occurred. Uh, a, about a week ago before the conference, I was in the same situation, and I prayed to God um, so that I can be free to speak. Um, but this time, God told me that, Joanne, it is fine to not to speak. So he, I felt that he knew I was very tired. I was tired of this struggle. So I listened. It was a hard decision for me, but finally I told James, I said, I'm not going to speak. As well as Jim and Judy, our leaders, 
Jim and Judy, they were very understanding and um, uh, they also suggest us to uh, um, to, uh, to try a counseling uh, program that they had done. Uh, in just two days, Judy called me and she said a counselor was visiting Beijing in a week and he agreed to meet us. At that time, at that moment, I knew God obviously arranged everything. So in the next few weeks, we start to get help from that counselor. Uh, one important task we had to do uh, was to uh, describe our childhood uh, and then write down stories uh, uh, from different phases of our life. And through, during the process, I started to make some very important discoveries of myself. Um, I actually, I, uh, when I was young, my parents didn't have a very good relationship. And my father, um, he uh, gave all his attention to me. Um, I felt um, significant because he poured all his love on me. My father and I were very, very close. Um, when I turned 16, my father was suddenly ill. And um, after that incident, um, he, uh, although he was uh, physically, he, he, he is physically present, but emotionally, he had left me at that time. I felt abandoned, and then I felt self, um, I felt worthless. After I got married, I tried to seek self-worth from James. Um, every time he pay attention to me, I feel loved. Uh, when he cannot, when he does not, uh, I feel uh, abandoned. And um, I feel sad. Um, and I feel no longer valuable. So it, it was when I, when I found this, I, I was stunned by this discovery of myself because I thought I found security in being God's child. And I thought I, um, I have um, put myself worth in knowing that Jesus loves me. But somehow in reality, I was still seeking value through my husband. So my problem was not caused by him. And um, I, I know that I'm God's child, but somehow I, many times, I forget very easily. Um, so my relation, on the surface, it's a relationship a problem between me and my husband, but uh, deep down, it's a problem, it's an issue about my identity. I need to be reminded constantly that I, who I am. I forget that very easily. Um, so for when I know the root cause is this, um, I, um, um, I print out a, um, a big like a poster declaring that I am uniquely, beautifully made by God and he loves me perfectly. 
And I put this poster, put this as a reminder on my working table to remind me daily. I have to do it daily. And I found when I start to do this, I can cling on God, not on him. Uh, as a result, I feel in these, we, uh, in these months, I'm more mature, and my relationship with James is um, uh, healthier. Um, so two things actually I learned from um, uh, what I have experienced um, these months. I think first I, um, I learned that God cares um, about my well-being more, uh, more than how I can serve him. Um, I think it is acceptable. Now I know it is acceptable to pause um, in the process of doing his ministry. It is okay because he, he cares a lot about my well-being. If I uh, had not, if I had continued with the June uh, conference, I would not have had such a breakthrough in my own marriage. And by doing that, last week, we had more to share, more stories to tell the audience. And they know that God is working uh, in our marriage uh, right now, um, at this moment. Um, so second thing I learned is um, I, I don't like problems. I don't like to see problems in my marriage, but exposing the problem is a way for God to show that he is the solution. Um, I, didn't like to, I don't like to see marriage problem because that, which means that there's something wrong. Either I'm not a loving wife or he is not a caring husband. Um, but whereas in reality, there is nothing right in us. Um, but I think God wants to make uh, everything right, make us whole and make our relationship right. Um, so this is how uh, God is, uh, what God did in recently. Okay. I also learned from last three months how incapable I am of loving Joanne. I hate to admit it, but I come to this realization. I notice every time I was too busy, I will ignore Joanne. It's not because I don't have time. Many times we said, okay, too busy, travel, don't have time. No, that's not the reason. The true reason is we're not abide in Jesus and become very selfish very self-centered during those moments. Therefore, the second purpose of marriage is to sanctify each other in our marriage. Now let's look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Yes. Stephanie, our daughter, um, backpacked for three weeks during this summer. 
uh, in Thailand. The first week, he joined the program to take care of elephant. And then he joined the program for two weeks to learn how to farm. So when she returned, she shared with us, she met quite a few youth during those three weeks. He realized many of them have a broken family, didn't have love from their own family. She appreciated the love our family has been given to her for the 19 years. So to our kids, the biggest love we are able to offer to them is helping them to have close relationship with Jesus. When I was a non-believer, when Chris and Stephanie was, uh, were very little, I tried to teach them from my own experience. I always say something like this, hey daughter, when I was at your age, <laughs> you know the reaction from them and also you know the reaction from your kids. If we try to teach from this, our experience from this earth, Lately, every time when they encountered the challenging situation, Joanne and I oftentimes lift them up to Jesus. Stephanie complete the college application and get accepted by Middlebury College. Now, the biggest accomplishment in this whole high school four years and in the almost one year preparation is not because he's going to go to a college she like. Actually, she wrote down her testimony, how God is walking with her in this process. Her relationship with the Lord is one step closer. That is her biggest accomplishment for four years and also for that very tiring and the last uh, application months. So when marriage works, we are passing down God's legacy to the next generation. This summer, we also did another thing. Our whole family went to Mongolia uh, to have 12-day vacation. Our driver and the tour guide lived, including eating and sleeping, with us in the yurt for 12 days, which is, <laughs> I, I didn't expect that. I thought that they will sleep somewhere else, like in China, but they, we eat together and sleep in the same room. We didn't formally share gospel with them, but they got a chance to observe, observe our family very closely, including morning devotion time, our sharing among our four, and our prayers before the meal, when we know them better, we also included them in our prayer because the driver's wife we're going to give, give the third baby in about two weeks at that time. We pray that uh, right now the baby is already um, born um, very uh, smoothly. And also pray for the tour guide for her knee problem. In the last few days, the tour guide started having very personal conversation with Joanne, with uh, Stephanie, and she shared our family is very unique. It is the most loving families she have ever met. 
Uh, to expand God's kingdom, the family not only can allow us to expand vertically from one generation to another, also to expand horizontally to the friends who interact with us. So to conclude, I would like to reiterate the meaning of marriage. The meaning of a marriage is not just for our own interest, our own happiness. Moreover, the marriage is first to mirror God's oneness, second to sanctify each other in the process of a marriage, and third to expand God's kingdom. Let's pray. Father, um, thank you for designing marriage for us. And thank Jesus for restoring the marriage. Although it is uh, very challenging, we appreciated the opportunity to learn how to love each other instead of hurting each other in this very intimate relationship. We pray that you will bless the marriages of all CCC members and use our marriages to extend your blessing to our friends. We thank you and we pray in your son Jesus' name. Amen.